Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Honestly Speaking podcast. We got Farbs, Ed, Jim is back in the building from Boston. Uh, we got a special guest in the booth, Courtney Carnegie. And I hope I said that right. Anyway, he'll, he'll correct me uh, once we chat. Uh, we touch on a lot of things today. Gina Rodriguez and the use of the N-word. Uh, T.I. and the crazy things he's doing with his daughter. And also Byron Allen and the Comcast, the Supreme Court case that a lot of people are underestimating. Um, anyway, kick back and listen up and let's get into it. back. Uh, we got special guest Courtney Cornegie in the booth. Um, Jim's back from Boston. Uh, back Courtney. Cook crack. <laughs> yeah, let's get the download on that. Yeah, Since real you, quick. You missed a good one last week. I did. Well, you know, be I, good. Um, I do some work out there with some kids in the juvenile justice system. So you're telling um, this is actually a real excuse? Yeah, it's well, if it's real, it's not an excuse. It's just one of the things that happens. Um, also work with some kids out in Maine and we it's this organization um exposed had a chance to experience what some of these young people were working on. Mostly kids who unfortunately have a lot of circumstances similar to mine growing up. Extreme poverty, violence, drugs, and spent time. I think you sent us a picture, though. You said they're mainly white guys. Yeah, white kids. about 90% of them are white kids. and well, That's New England for you. Yeah, it's crazy to see the similarities between the struggles. Um, because, you know, when you live in New York City and L.A. and, like, these cities, you actually start to believe that, you know, poverty is just black. It's like a euphemism for black. Um. So, yeah, it was interesting, man, to be there and see that and think about what the world would be like if these young people and their families and their parents can actually put aside whiteness for the actual similarities they have with other marginalized people. Um, was the conversation of whiteness, did that come up? No, I mean, it came up during the performance. Like, you know, there was one particular kid, he's... He's like one of the few black kids. He's um his parents are from I think uh I think Kenya. I can't remember exactly, but he did a piece and it was pretty much connecting slavery, Jim Crow, reconstruction to where we are today, sort of like talking about how they've just evolved rather than disappearing. So the other kids were, you know, they they sort of like were up to that. Um but yeah, it was interesting. So um, yeah, that's why I wasn't here, man. But you guys had... Uh, We're going to have to bring Perfecto back on. So me and him we talked about a lot of stuff. We got a lot so more to cover. Knuckle up. Yeah, Perfecto, get here so we can knuckle up, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, let's welcome on Courtney. We got a special guest here. Hello, hello. What up? What's going on? Courtney, how's it going? Good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so Courtney uh, is uh, the co-founder of Stereotype Studios. He also has his own podcast, The Privy Podcast. Uh, North Carolina, born and raised? Yes, born and raised, North Carolina. Awesome. When did you uh, make the move up to New um, York I've City? I've been here since 2011, but I lived in L.A. before that. Okay. So, yeah. 
How did you get how'd you get into the podcast world? Um, I used to be in LA, I was an entertainment reporter, which a lot of people don't know that I did that for like three and a half years. So I would do red carpets, movie premieres, press junkets, things like of that nature for real Hollywood. And um I kind of just got over it, like living in that world. I think LA is very one-dimensional in a lot of ways. Um, if you're not part of like that Hollywood Hollywood scene, you just really don't have a you don't it's it's just a bubble you don't have it's not reality i mean i think new york is a, <laughs> is like that in a lot of ways too new york right. and la their bubbles as you can see with like the elections and things like that like we are just very two small parts of the country and it's just not reality outside of this i mean it's our reality but like just a lot of things operate differently anyway so got over la love new york and then i came from one bubble to the other and so i love it i'm here now <laughs> how would you describe the the topics that you cover on the privy podcast oh um it changes so i have uh i think 65 episodes on now and I'm going to the season four each season has been kind of different when I launched the podcast I was trying to just find my way and figure it out so we talked about everything from using the term faggot to um relate polyamorous relationships um we talk about things like that come up in media and hot topics, for instance, like the Kevin Hart thing when he was um, offered to host the Oscars. So we hit on everything. I think moving forward, going into season four that I want to really focus on is relationships, different types of relationships, dating. Um, I want to be a little bit more raw and uncensored in this next season. So I'm working on that now. So Eddie Murphy style? Not quite that. <laughs> Not quite. Like, relax. There might be some young kids listening to the podcast. Uh, but yes, pretty. Like, I want to like hit on some things. It, it's funny because with podcasts, people like it when you get personal. And I've always kind of shied away from that, kind of keeping my personal life on the podcast. Um, but I think I'm going to go in a different direction and get a little personal. Is that human nature? You think we like? We like to know that we're not the only one dealing with certain things. So when we hit someone else, brokenness and challenges and shit. I don't we, know. Um, the end of season one, what I did is I asked um, listeners to write in questions. And I was, <laughs> I was dating a, a guy who was married in an open relationship. He's married to a woman. And so many people wrote in about that experience more than any other topic that I, and it was a very small part of the, like I had a co-host at the time, um, now it's just me, but we would start off every episode just kind of like talking personally, but it was something so small that people pick up on. Um, I don't know, I think it's just nosy. Like yeah. people just want to <laughs> know what everybody else is doing. <laughs> I don't know. True. I feel like it makes sense though, because think about it, like when you know when you don't know someone super well, you kind of go on the surface level stuff, you might yeah. ask them how their work is. When it's someone you know really well, it's immediately, how's your relationship going? Give me the dirt. What's yeah. going on? It, it immediately goes there. So oh, it's so kind of like our human nature of like what we really want to know about. Right. So, um, we, so we like sort of like gossip and stuff like that. Yeah, I whether think we so. want to admit it or not, don't yeah, you? I sure. mean, we, we I think love... there's a whole industry for gossip, yeah. right? That's it's pretty profitable. I, I, you do. I, you want to know never... the personal stuff, like any. Think of uh, who's your favorite celebrity? Um, LeBron James. LeBron okay, James. but the reason Were why you... I like him has a little to do with him being like an, an athlete. I'm more like so his. Social and political stands, and I've always liked Here athletes. Here you go. For that. Okay, so <laughs> so you were not fascinated when you remember when he slid into the other girl's DM. He was 
See, I didn't even, I don't even, yeah. <sighs> okay, well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just the nosy person. <laughs> maybe See, to me, very... So, no, this is interesting, though, Court, because to me, that would be, like, super irrelevant to me. Like, to me, who um, he's dealing with on that level, it's almost irrelevant. I want to know what he's doing for humanity. <sighs> I'm not so sure I care about who's sliding in, who's DM. To me, that's, like, normal. That's human nature. Like, people do that, so, it's, you know. It's human nature, but I do. And you guys have talked about this on a past. It's hard for me to separate someone's, like, art from who they are. And I think your behavior and how you move in the world is, I don't know. Um Everyone does it. Like, everyone has probably whatever. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, that was, I don't know, pretty eye-opening for me. Because gotcha. um, people see him as his hero. And it does humanize him, but I don't know. Gotcha. He, there's this facade of him and his wife and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. I, it's... No judgment. Okay, for sure. We'll stop there. Well, let, uh, I see. Let's, let's jump into a conversation we were having actually right before the pod kicked off, which I think is very in line with all that we talk about, which is Gina Rodriguez's use of the, the N-word. Ooh. Um, and it's, Ooh. it seems like she's a habitual line stepper because it's uh, okay. this thing has happened a few times now. I'm so excited about this because I, I wanted, <laughs> when this happened, I was like, I have to bring it to the boys. I want to hear what they have to say because I know you guys usually have so yeah, many different takes. That's our thing, yeah. Um, it's very problematic for me because I, a lot of people were on the fence saying like, oh, she's Spanish, like kind of like figuring out if she had the right to use the word. <sighs> Fat Joe uses it. J-Lo has used it. All these people that I guess have had the right to. Um for me, it's not right for anyone to use it other than black people. I know that may sound ignorant. I know I, I don't think it may ignorant. be hard for people yeah. to understand that, but it, it shouldn't be that hard. It, anyway, but by her saying it in the the problem I had is not that she said it in the song, which shows that she's used to using that, which she has used it before because she was so free to use it. But it was the first apology that I wanted to jump through the phone. It, I apologize if you were offended. That is the worst type of apology that you right. can ever right, say right. to if someone. If you were, yeah. If you if, if you, you were offended, um, you yeah. definitely it definitely was because you wouldn't be issuing this apology. Um, but yeah, that's my well, take on so, you. This is uh, this is this is an interesting one for me. So, first of all, I don't use the N word. I stopped using it twelve years ago when I was. I was in this group home and we met this guy who started this campaign. It was called Abolish the N-Word. Um, and so he did a lot of education around the N-Word and why it was so harmful. Um, he talked about us using it among each other. Um, he sort of like differentiated N-I-G-G-A versus N-I-G-G-E-R. Um, just got the whole history on that word and its ugliness and what white America has used it for. And one of the things he said to me that kind of was really interesting that got to me was, he said, once he said to me, have you ever thought about the fact that most of the times when we're harming each other, the word we use right before we do the harm is the N-word? Like he said, it's almost impossible to harm someone right after you call them brother or sister. Mm. It's so much easier in the moment if you use the N-word because you already create that space between you and them where you can harm them. And I just thought about that and, and I realized like as a young man moving from Haiti to here, it was just, I came in to the States and 
all my homeboys where I grew up in the hood, that's, that's just the word we were using. And so I stopped using it. And I understand sort of like maybe some, some of the challenges around the Latino community when it comes to, to the N-word mm. in some ways. Because, you know, like if you're Puerto Rican, you have some black in you, right? And you probably grew up exactly where we grew up and in some ways have kind of some similar experiences on a day-to-day, though the history is completely different, right? We're the only group that have had to deal with the pain and the atrocities that come with that word in this country as, as black people. Um, so for me, I'm completely against anyone using it, including us, mm. but I know that we have the right to use it. So right. for example, if you're using it, there's no, I'm not going to come out and say, hey, court, you can't use that word. Because we get to do that. We get to decide that. Now, the other thing I find fascinating is I was having a conversation with my homeboy who lives in L.A. And he says to me, you know, anything that I buy, this was an interesting take. He says, anything that I buy, I should be able to use. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I consume hip hop music. I buy hip hop music. I spend money on it. So in some ways, why shouldn't I be able to use the N-word if... Uh. If this is a long running continuation yeah, of wild takes from Jim's friends. <laughs> yeah. If uh, well, there's here's here's the difference. You don't between, have any to put me in the room with him. Is he, I know. Is he black? No, 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 he's not black. <laughs> oh, yeah, I never no, That's the wrong. Of course, he's not black. By the way, he doesn't use the word, but he was making an argument. Yeah. Right? So, mm-hmm. okay. the well, the, the bottom don't. line is that every white person uses it when we're not around. I believe. I don't I think, think most, everyone. Not every. Not yeah. every. I think most most white people use the N word when we're not around, especially when they're listening to music. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah you know, okay. like the N word comes, they don't stop and not say the N word. Yeah. I, mean, I have friends who've admitted okay. to doing that shit. So that's a whole another beef right there. But his argument was, if I buy this thing, he said, "Hey, imagine if I buy a car and the Ford says, well, you can't use the steering wheel or you can't use the.'" Windchill wiper or something. Well, you know, the argument in that is like the, the steering wheel was never offensive to, you know, like there is heat behind the word. I'm with like you. It's a dumb argument. Yeah. It's completely <laughs> dumb. I went on and I told him, look, dude, you sound ridiculous. Make no sense. First of all, you're a wealthy white guy. There was nothing in the world you can't do. But this one word well, that has what, caused so many just said it. He's me. a wealthy white guy. That's why he feels like anything he owns, he can do whatever the fuck he wants. Well, I would make the argument, though, some of the people who use that word are also not just, you know. Well, you, just, you're, but it was your exact quote that you just used. Right. But I'm saying is, come on, I think white people. Come on, call him out, Michael. He's trying to quote. He called you quote. But I'm saying is, I think people across the board, you know, a lot of people feel that way. It's just that he was willing to say it. So... The bottom line is what I've realized with this word is, and people wanting to use it is, everybody in some ways enjoys what we do as a people, our culture, our music, in some ways even our struggles, but they don't have to live with the consequence of being right. black. Right. Right. So they think they can just come in, partake in our challenges partake in our history, but yet they get to step away and go when back it's convenient for them. when convenient for them. I will say, because I want to hear you guys take on it too. Um, it baffles me that we live in a time frame where we argue to be offensive, which is what I just said to you. Um, I'll briefly just say, tell a, a, this story that I'll never forget this. In the South, in the South, if someone was mixed and they look half Asian or something like that, instead of saying like slanted eyes or almond-shaped eyes, we would say chinky eyes. 
Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. I had no. Oh, I remember we used to say that back in the day. It's like it yeah, yeah. So it's not that. a flint. Like you right. just don't. Know. That's black, white. That's what mm-hmm. we use. It wasn't time moved to LA, and I was around like a whole bunch of older Asian men, right? Yeah. And I said it to describe someone, um, and they started laughing. And I was so confused. I was like, why? He was like, you probably shouldn't use the word. And then told me the history of the word. And like, because growing up, my mom, my parents never used like any like racial slurs at all. Um, and so I never used that word again. It baffles me that people will argue to use the N-word, the, the word, the term faggot. Um, I, I overheard these two women one day saying that they should be able to use the term oriental which is like just baffles me that people argue to be offensive. Like if if I tell you that something hurts or it's not cool, you should just not use it. But isn't it isn't it sort of like a structure of like power when you have power and you're not accustomed to not being able to do certain things? I you guess, just go around the world I mean, and I'm like, why can't I guess you do so. it? I, I, can, I can't really speak to the N word. It's one I've stayed far away from. Uh, and it's, but what is, do you think? Don't say. I yeah. want to. What do you think about the word? Oh, in I, terms I, of being able to use it, it's an awful yeah. word. I don't go near it. I mean, I, it's a it's a weird thing because I, all my life I've had a lot of black friends, and a lot of times they'd be like, "Yo, Farber's my," yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, fill yeah, in the yeah, blank, yeah. and I'd be like, "Ah, oh, cool." And it always like, a weird, <laughs> it was always like a, it would be oh, like I get to be one. <laughs> I'd be like kind of excited because it was like in, when you know, like in middle school, I'd be like, "Oh, mm. I'm like one of the crew," right. but then it was also like this weird like lane at the same time. I'm yeah. like, "Well, I can't say that. That's like mm. an awful thing." Um, I will say I used that word a lot growing up, and it was just the word you just used. Am I allowed to say it? Faggot. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I don't even. Li- I don't even like say it anymore. I feel like it's. Like I know a terrible, it's really. Yeah, it's a terrible uh, word. It, but it was like a word that we always used just for with our friends. Yeah. I don't. I wasn't. I didn't. Even, I think had like the mind capacity is using it like as a hate slur. It was just more like someone was being a clown or whatever. You just like you kind of like. And I remember my senior year, a friend of mine, kind of like quietly casual I was on old boys Catholic school kind of started like hinting that he was gay and I started feeling so terrible because he had been like a buddy of mine for a while and he'd I'd used it so many times with him yeah and then I suddenly was like I can't use this word anymore this is not a good thing but what was the difference for you between the f word and the n word why was it that you kind of got right the way that well probably N-word because was- I didn't have to my knowledge at least i None of my mm. friends I knew growing up were quote unquote gay. Right. So it, it just wasn't something I thought about. I didn't think about sexuality. It was just all I knew was all my guy friends right. were chasing women like me and all the yeah. women I knew were talking to us. So that it was a very simple thing. And then once it started evolving out and then I went to college and suddenly I had all sorts of, you know, uh, exposure, exposure to yeah. it. It suddenly changed very quickly and I was incredibly embarrassed and internally, but I don't know. I, I think I just grew up with a lot of black friends and I, the, to even go on the other way would have been such a weird thing. I also wasn't, I don't know, the way you guys see me now is how I've always been. Like, I loved hip hop, but I was like in khaki shorts and like a polo. I never was like trying to be something I think I wasn't. Mm. Um, whereas I think you see sometimes, or I see these videos of like the white guy who's been indoctrinated and he has all black friends and he grew up and he's like, but I'm just one of them. Yeah. And there's like this confusion. Never problematic. Yeah. But, but Bob, <laughs> what, what, what is the desire to want to use a word that is the ugliest word in the English language or in, in American history. What is the desire behind a white per- I mean, you don't, you know. You, <laughs> yes, you I said, well, he said he never said that. I know, but he, you know, he's, he's a smart guy. He knows where I'm going with this. I'm going to tokenize him real quick. Um, what, what do you think some of that comes from? Because I have 
people who think I think it's familiarity. I think I think I think if you're in a group where you're not around other people and there's a familiarity of the usage of it, it be, just becomes easy off the tongue. Hmm. And I'm I'm only saying that just trying to compare my usage of that word I was just saying, hmm. which was I was a young kid, everyone was saying it, it just became a thing, and I I, I don't. Now, there's obviously much more hate and things packed in. Well, actually, there's a sh they're both kind of similar at this point. Um, so, I actually, I can't even say differently. Similar um, in what ways? Well, people, if you're like it, someone today using the F word, like there should be enough acknowledgement in like popular culture. That is a hate-filled word. So interesting that you said that. That's the reason. It wasn't until I did an episode um, of the preview. I think this is my fifth or sixth episode at this point. It was pretty early on, and I was out to dinner with two comedian friends of mine and then their friends were these two white guys. One was from North Carolina and one was from Texas. And they were telling me how they have gay friends and they use the word around them and they're okay with it. And mm. I had to tell him, well, guess what? I'm not your friends. Don't use that in front of me and I'm not cool with it. And I told him why. And it wasn't until I went through that experience that I realized how closely the two words are very related and that how, like, both gay people, most both black people have reclaimed the word. After that happened, I text like maybe 10 of my like gay gay friends and associates. I'm like, what do you feel about this word? A lot of them use it in a day-to-day -day thing because right. they feel like they've reclaimed it. And it's very ah, similar to like black people. It's right. like you've taken the power back. Mm. Um, to be honest, I use the N-word in the comfort of like, like my black people. I yeah. absolutely use it. Um, and I don't know, I'm kind of torn between it. Like using it, what? Why are you no, smiling no. like that? Okay, why is he <laughs> no, I was actually, I've been thinking about this a lot, Court. But I don't use the F word because I think right. for some reason that just strikes me a little bit different. But And I don't know why. I don't know what the difference is. But with, that's interesting. So, and this, this is going to be my question for you. As, as an individual who, would you say you fit in both categories in some ways, right? As a black... Yes, I do have a, I think my tie is a little bit more to... Um, the LGBTQ community, though, because I feel like black people are very judgmental and like um, I, I think it's harder to be gay in the black community than it is any in any other race or. I saw a post this morning on someone had put something out about like oh, Alicia yeah, yeah, yeah. Keys yeah. bringing huh. one of her kids to like a nail salon or something and it was on the shade room. And the amount of like anti-gay oh, slurs filling terrible. it was so atrocious. It's terrible. Even I mean, just a couple of years ago, I won't like say the rapper, but it was like a really, really old school rapper. I had to go to uh, a show at Madison Square Garden. We were backstage, and I could just feel like the. It's just sometimes I walk into a space of a room full of black people, and there is like a judgment, and like uh, not. It's not a comfort. What do you to think me. that's from? Just our our long history of religion. I think it's a religious conflict. Oh, I think that's the most of it. I also think RuPaul had this quote. I, I think when you are marginalized or when you're treated or when you're oppressed, there is something about the power of making someone else feel the way you felt. Does that make sense? Uh, well, like, I mean, so if I had been picked on as a child and I was like constantly like bullied, if that were my experience, at some point I feel like people will take the opportunity and spin it and make someone else feel, feel as bad. Because I think it's ironic that black people are so judgmental over anything that's marginalized when we have been so marginalized for like history. It seemed like they would be more open to it. Let, what, let me, you, what are your thoughts? Let's, let's, so you are quiet. Yeah, yeah, I'm super quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can I ask Court one more question real quick, Ed? Because uh, this, ahead, is, you know, uh -huh. this is good stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. 
the there is an argument. Well, because we're not a monolithic group. I don't want to speak for all of us. I don't like to do that. But although you just I've, asked Michael to speak for all his, yeah. well, yeah, because right? they do that to us, so we can do that to them. It's a different, you know, we can't do it to each other yeah. exactly. Um, there's sort of like this concept that the way power works in this country is right at the top of the hierarchy, you have a heterosexual white male. Okay. Right. And then it goes down mm -hmm. and down. And at the bottom of that, the very, very bottom would be black women and right above them would be black men. Mm. And there is this belief where sort of like emasculating the black men has been an agenda of like the white world to as just another strategy to break like the family apart, mm. which has been a long part of breaking down the black family in some ways. What would you say to someone who said to you, hey, Court, I have troubles with gay people because I think it's been an agenda to sort of like emasculate the black man and break down the black family? I'd probably say, fuck out of here first. <laughs> um, fuck out of here with that noise. Um, that, that would make me think that you believe that being gay is a choice, is a choice and wow. I'm not okay with anyone that has that idea. I don't think anyone would choose to be like, now it's like cool to be like different, whatever. But like, right. like I knew I was, I, I'm, I can remember like I was like six or seven thinking Andre Agassi was attractive. Right. That's weird. Um, <laughs> I know. But my sister watched tennis, whatever, right. there's a story. But, um, I know it's not a choice. Like, I know who I am, and I'm, right. like, that's just who I am. And I don't know. That is, that's a very, it's a very interesting concept, though, yeah, because yeah. I think that's probably why I am so, I'm, I'm not threatening to your heterosexual white male. Right. Or that community or anyone other than black people. Well, right. I won't say anyone, but, like. I'm non-threatening, so I wonder if there is a correlation there. Right. there well, be. it's it's yeah. power certainly plays yeah, a part, yeah, right? Yeah. When you at the top of the food chain, you yeah. have to worry less about you know who's at the bottom yeah. there. Um, the last question I ask you, Court, is last. <laughs> I know because he said the, the last, 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 last nine questions. The last last. Well, we've been wanting to do this <laughs> for a while. Is there? I have. There's this young man I used to work with who uh, was part of the LGBTQ community. Did I get that right? You by did. The LGBTQ. Um, you could go a little bit further, but it's fine. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> what's the what's the what's the LGBTQIA plus IA plus? Got it. What's the plus for anyone? Like it's just any, anyone. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Kind of. Gotcha. Um, who his struggle was that he dealt with a lot of racism within the LGBTQ plus oh. Oh, yeah. community. Has that been a challenge for you? Also, in addition with the other side. <laughs> It hasn't, but it's something that I'm aware of now in this day and age. Um, you, you know, for the longest, and this is the reason. When I started my podcast, I was actually thinking about doing one either about black people or about gay people. And the reason why is because I felt like I grew up in a, this bubble in the South. I had a lot of very, like a lot of white friends mostly throughout life. I seem to always be the only black and the only gay person in all of my groups of friends. Yeah. And so I found that I was like, like I wanted to seek more and like figure it, like see what it is. Is it something, it's like, is there self-hate? Is right. there, like, is there something there? And that's why I 
sought out to do the LGBTQ podcast because I just wanted to learn more about our people. What I've learned is very similar to mainstream media. Um, The gay community has been very white male dominated. Um, I recognize it. And now I just try to do my part. And even with when it comes to the privy, I try to give as much light to black queer people as, as much as possible because that is definitely a problem. Right. I haven't necessarily experienced to my knowledge, right. but I'm sure I That's have. Fine. Right, because even within marginalized group, there is marginalized Oh, yeah, 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 so, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, okay, something... you got to jump, jump yeah, yeah. in there. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, you've yeah, just yeah. been quiet I, this I'm whole time. Yeah, I'm <laughs> You're like, I just looked at him. Just, He's just quiet. It was <laughs> all so nervous. interesting. Yeah. I just want to, all right, let me yeah. just touch on the N-word because we obviously moved on. Mm, mm. I think that I use it. Yeah, you've called me that stuff, man. Gleefully, I, I use it. Because um, I think that uh, sort of the, 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 the private rapport that exists in a community, um, not just black, but any community that you can, you can call oppressed, I think that they use derogatory language um, in an ironic fashion all the time, oh, and usually in an endearing way. I don't think that that's unique to black people in the N-word. I think it could be. I think it can be used with women and and the word right, bitch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like right. they call each other. Mm. But Tanahashi Coach, by the it. way, your boy had a really interesting take on that, which goes right along with this conversation. But yeah. keep going. So I think I and and just even the way that you are with with your boys, and you're like, get over here, you son of a bitch. In any other context outside of that relationship, that would be offensive. Right. Those might be fighting words, right? Yep. So words only take on meaning between in relationship and in context. Yep. I think that there is no other... I don't think it's, it's unique uh, when black people use the N-word. I think it's, it's, it's sort of this... It's this. It's this sort of. Let him finish. Damn. Right, Jim. You've been talking a whole day. Got these. Time. Time. <laughs> Guys, this is I missed last said, week. Y'all got some regulation. I said I wasn't going to talk. He's about getting shit. caught up in shit. He was just. <laughs> no, that's true. I've been gone um, for two weeks. So. Yeah. So I mean, you know, and even he, and I don't. Yeah, I don't know about the. Um, uh, let's say the gay community specifically in the F word. I don't know if it's used in an endearing way in any context at all. I, I wouldn't know. It, it is. Yeah. So I. I but I'm cool on it. Right. Okay. So, so, so in the instance of that, this more so taking the power back. It's not seen as as the exact same thing. So, I think there are instances of using epithets in an ironically endearing way in all types of communities, and have been all through history. And guess what? The N word was used before rap music existed mm. in black mm. communities. Black uh, the rap music didn't didn't advent the N word. And now it's now it's like sort of the N word is more mainstream because it's attached to a larger culture, which is attached to hip hop and the whole sort of black culture movement, which has become more predominant. Um, not that you know uh, white America has hasn't uh, consumed black culture before. We can get that all the way back from from minstrelsy, right? But before the Civil War, um, there's always been a fascination with black culture, and then you get this word that's attached to it, used. Um, in in a private rapport type of setting and expressed through poetry and music, is it is it is it is, is it their fault that the music blew up to be mainstream and that word still is attached to that culture and that in that genre of music, it, it's it's just more of this widespread thing and guess what it's consumed it becomes mainstream because white people buy it and listen to it. That's the only way something becomes mainstream because we're the numerical minority mm-hmm. yeah. in this country. So then it's just more exposure to white folks and white folks attach it to. 
a culture and a music genre. And I think that they kind of want to use it the way that black people use it. I don't think that they use it in, in, an, in an epithetic way. This, the way like, you know, maybe Farb and, and me would use the F word growing up in the schoolyard in like elementary school. Rather like, yo, yo, my F word. Like, no, you being an F word thing, which I think is tied to misogyny, which I want to I put a, a, a pin in. I don't mm -hmm. think it's just religious. Um, but I see that word in that way. But besides that, I think black people, there's a fear about other folks hearing us use the N-word, which is tied more to like a respectability politic. Oh, that's true. Notion, that's right? I think that's, we're afraid yeah. what white people will think of us if we use the word, um, you know, and, and if they overhear us using the word. Is it because um, we think we're giving them license then to even harm us in the press more? You know, that's really interesting because I am so big on posting like quotes and shit on my Instagram, right? <laughs> And I have wanted to put, like, the N-word, of course, like, because they're in, like, rap lyrics. And sometimes right. you'd be listening to something on the trailer. Yeah. And you'd be like, yo, that is my job. But I'm like, yeah. I cannot put that on there because, like, you do have this thing, what will people think? And, like, what does that... Outside the community, what will they think? You do. Right. You do. Yeah. 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 That's really and, interesting and you, you said license, that. And so they're like, oh... Well, yeah, but not only just giving them license, but also there's it feeling a bit shame, feeling like we're not um, putting our best foot forward, and right, we're using right, derogatory right. language. Like, yeah. oh, the way these black people call themselves the N-word, they got no respect for themselves. But that yeah. gap is you know. be even between generations of black folks, right? Like, some of us don't use it, not because somehow we want to appear this way for the white world, but we know that our grandfather, who has a different history to that word than yeah. we do... They hear that word. They're like, "Boy, for sure, yeah." You no, do you know how many bricks will drop upside my head, and right. how many bodies I saw because of that word? You, there's there's no way you're gonna use that word around right. me. There's obviously uh, a painful history attached to that word. I think you're right. It is a generational separation. I imagine folks that are like first generation out of Jim Crow, right. Jim Crow probably, which is my generation. Um, we're we we're less up in it. We, we, we have the wounds of it. We obviously through, you know, intergenerational wealth and all, and, and other things. Yep. Um, but we're less attached. And I think I, I feel more, uh, um, you know, free to use the word, but it's tied to a particular ethnicity, a, a particular community. And, um, that particular group can use it. Gina Rodriguez cannot use it. I'm sorry. Well, it, but, 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 but why yeah. though? Well, here's the thing. Here's because where the, here's where the one lines of those blur. Things, the thank fat you. Joe it's shit, such a blur. Yeah. It's such a blurred line because, <sighs> You can't say because she ain't. Well, I mean, I well, it's, I think that way, but I feel like logically, and it just doesn't make sense. Like to say because she doesn't really, because there's been in the past where she separated Latin women from Black women, which shows mm. like, which oh, what? like you not really, of you're course. separating yeah, yourself, so you don't really get to reclaim that word, right? But how do you know that the J-Lo's and the Fat Joe's, like, have they ever been called that? Like, no. Can, yeah, have they been stopped, like, by right. police because right. they were black? You know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, exactly. That's the word. Like, the, there's a lot more. Like you said earlier, we can't stop being black. We don't have the opportunity exactly. to, right. we don't get to step outside of being black. And be black. Like, oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, I, I don't want to be black today. I'm yeah. going to just step over here and get this <laughs> I'm gonna privilege. I'm going to take a break. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think that... <clears throat> You know, and sidebar, J-Lo got a lot of heat for using that in the Ja Rule song back in the day. Oh, right. I like remember it wasn't, that. And Ja came to her. Yeah, yeah but it wasn't that. as big as big as this. Right. But she she did get heat for that. But mm -hmm. I, well, I things think, have changed now with social media, right? Yeah. It's yeah. spread so much faster. I think that there are communities, especially northern, you know, 
post-industrial communities and the cities where black people have been for generations, you're getting a lot of low-income immigration from um, uh, folks from Hispanic countries that are coming in. You know, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, uh, uh, obviously Puerto Rico is part of the states, but like coming into like places like New York. Um, and those communities, those are segregated communities, right? Those are ghettos. Even though it's more transitory for those groups of, of, um, uh, of, of people, given that they have a certain agency that they're immigrating there rather than they were put there and segregated there by black, uh, uh, the way black people have involuntarily. Um, but you're mixing it up a, a lot culturally in those settings and you're going to get Spanish folks that have grown up right, right next to yeah. black folks. Yeah. And it's just, a, and, and for I mean, that I grew up time, with nothing but Puerto Ricans yeah, from that time and place, they're a part of the culture. They just yeah. are. So right. it, I mean, I mean you, they've been a part of hip hop foundation but, since. But solid. isn't that similar let's to put, Michael? Let's push, let's push this forward a little bit. Okay. Oh, I love we, that. We, we, we've been on this one for a little Woo. bit. Sorry. And, I came and in I, late. And I actually want to come back cause you were, you were, we were touching a little bit about, uh, patriarchy, toxic masculinity, and, and something hit me up that or hit me while you guys were talking that we haven't talked about. There's a lot to, we can touch around the Breakfast Club, but one of the things yeah, that came oh. out last week was T.I. with his daughter doing Woo! hymen checks, oh, boy. which was crazy, yeah. crazy. And I have I mean, nothing for that topic, so I really? do. I do. No, because I do. <laughs> how do you have nothing for that topic? <laughs> but listen, he don't have nothing from the topic, but he about no, to say no, something. No, no, no. Well, I'm gonna tell you why I don't. One is. I just don't have any, I don't know what that's like. First of all, I, so one is I didn't grow up with a mother. I grew up with just a stone cold dad. So I didn't grow up around women so, like yeah, that, okay. understanding that. Okay. Two is I have a son. Yeah. Three, if I go in that trying to explain to you what he, I, it's just not, I don't know anything about that topic. So, of course. But, but isn't that, well, you can put yourself that's like as a father. Though. Yeah, but that's, that's, you can well, put yourself in that. If you had a that, daughter and, and I think it comes down to the simple, the fact of him making a difference between his son and his daughter. Yeah, this right? is just equity. You right. wouldn't do this, yeah. something like this to I would hope not. I, I would hope that you wouldn't treat... Go, Michael. I'm... No, 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 no. <laughs> like, no, no you saying, should ask me I would hope that you would not treat your daughter any differently when it comes to, like, the birds and the bees and, like, those type of conversations. And even once they start having sex, I would hope that you would not make that type of difference or put more stricter guidelines on her or parameters around her because she's a female versus your son. Does that make sense? Of course, that makes perfect sense. I, so what he did was he went to a doctor's well, appointment with her? He goes to the doctor's no, appointment. No, multiple oh, yeah. times. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he, he's going and checking, I don't know how often per year, to see if her hymen is broke. I've never even heard of anything I like this. I did not know that you but could right. I don't even know if you could do something well, like that. But that. the concept of that is so controlling, is so intense. And it's not the point of, yes, a parent, a parent wants their kid to be having sex at not age 10 or something. Yeah. Everyone wants them to be safe. Such a cut and dry case. Like, what, what is the confusion? There's no this? confusion over this. It is cut and dry. Like, it's so completely cut and dry. Yeah. It's the policing over a woman's agency over her body and so, her sexuality. So, uh, so here's, here's my take which on this. Which we can get into the, way, the history of, by the way. I thought you said you had no take. You well, had no take. simply Don't come for me. But you said you had no take. Look like Kermit <laughs> sipping tea right now. Don't come yeah. for me. Well, I have a different kind of sort of like view on it. And by the way, I know this is not going to be popular because I can already tell. Oh, Lord. Don't make me throw this I know. Mic. You're going to throw the water oh, at me. Oh. I, you know, and I'm very sensitive to, as a black father, any of you have kids? Any no. Okay. No. So I, I have a little authority you on this it, one. You got it. You got it. Uh-uh. I know, right? <laughs> Check yourself, Jim. Not, not on a so, daughter. I, I, yeah, I, I'm speaking from a 
black father's experience. You live in the world where the thing that is the closest to your heart, your child, your love, you had died for, is endangered all the time. And a lot of time it has nothing to do with who they are, but simply the color of their skin. And there's I mean, a way. I, I, don't I know, like man. how he starts. Because I'd be you, wanting you to know can't, how do we get can't use, You can't use a broader argument that, of you course, can't. is empirically true to defend this. That's not what this is about. It's Just spit out the defense. Well, spit out what shut you the fuck up and let me at least get to the point. <laughs> Thank you. The point, I'm going to make it fast. The point I was, what I was getting to, and I was taking my time because this is. I want to make it's sure I get this right. It's a articulate it. I right. got you. Um, and th this doesn't necessarily have much to do with T.I. and what he does with his daughter. But for me is that in a world where your child is always at risk and you are blamed for not being on top of your child enough and that your child will be judged by different standards, I am not in a position where I can tell myself a black father what to do with their kids in their own relationship than I think other people are willing to do. So now... So if a, kid, if a father's beating their kid... That's you're, a different not, story. But How he, is it he, different? He, did he beat her? He didn't beat her, but this is like a crazy thing that's going to fuck her up psychologically for life. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that that's something for that family to me to deal with. That's not my I, business I, to I, go and tell T.I. If, if a white family was doing this, you would, you would say something different. I was well, I'm sure say, a white I think family it, probably is doing this. We just don't know about it. But we would have an issue with it. So you think I have an issue with it because it's a black family I, doing it? I think you're defending it because I'm not you defending it. I'm just telling you that I am not in a position to tell a black father how to raise their kids, especially when I know there's a system out there waiting to eat their kids up. That's what I'm saying. I you guys can have your opinions on it. I am. I'm not going to tell a black father yeah. how to raise their child. That's I, what I'm saying. I think it. I, I think you can remove the race from it. Um, I don't think it has any. I'm not a father, but I don't think it has anything to do with her blackness necessarily. I just think as a parent to to have your child she's over 18, right? Doesn't she have to um isn't she over 18? I don't know how old she is. Um so close to she's it. A, she's, I think she's like age. 16 or 17. She's of age where it is not legal for she does not have to share that with her father. Like she doesn't. And he actually goes to the doctor and like the doctor gives her father, the information, like that's just not even legal by any standards. Well, then this is like a patriarchy thing. Yeah. It's like there's like some sort of like mind control over the situation. Yeah, that a woman is less than a man and that a woman has to divulge that information. I just feel like it's sickening and it does, it just reinforces Yo, the, it's, the, the it's, actual trouble I have with it, if I do have one, is that for a man who 75% of his songs is talking about. Hypersexualizing exactly. women. Right. So, I would probably think like, well, if that's what you're promoting all the time, don't right. you think your daughter's gonna right, right, take right, something right, out right. of that in some ways? Because you're telling every, everybody else they should be a part of yeah. it. Yeah, that would be my only issue with it. For me, is I, I, I just don't, I don't think it's my part to get in in that part of their relationship. Not to say it's right or wrong. Yeah, it's just I, I don't think it's my job. It's clearly wrong. It's clearly wrong. It's clearly. Wrong. Here's what you do. Take it outside of T.I. and his daughter. Out of this one egregious instance. It's, it's, it's egregious. Nobody's, it's, people, are, people are shocked because it's, it's particularly like, you know, such a, a crazy um, instance so of, of, of just a larger practice of just 
reducing women down to their reproductive biology and trying to preserve their purity, which is tied to their reproductive biology, right? Women are, for, like for the longest time, women who were kept out of the workforce, who couldn't own property, who couldn't vote, were reduced down to the fact that they um, were going to be, you know, sexual partners and, 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 and sort of provide reproductive services to their husband, right? So it's the whole notion of like the slut versus the good woman, right? Mm. He's like, okay, as long as her hymen is intact, she's, she's not a slut and she's not therefore worthless as a woman kind of thing. That thing is, that's such, that is so tied to misogyny and patriarchy. It's such a storied history that this whole thing is not even new. I, it, yeah, it's getting buzzed because it's such like a weird clumsy example of like he does he he just overly does it several times a, a a year to check to see if we're hymen, but it's so tied to specifically misogyny and over policing um, uh, women's the, body, women's body, and men do that to their daughters, men do that to their wives, and men you know apply a double standard to women they don't even well, know. Of course, of course, that's true. You know what I mean? Let me ask you this: if 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 it was her mother instead, would you guys? No, would it, be this, would it be a different? It would not be different at all, and that's the thing. Yeah, it with with Ti yeah. and Tiny, yeah, yeah. Would, oh, wow. the reason, and then the crazy part about it's what's not that individuals, that, it's systemic. Sorry, Court. What's that show that they have? Oh, they Family show? Hustle. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Need, I, so yeah. another layer to it is that their son, who is like fourteen, basically admitted to having sex. Yeah. They were on the beach. Both Ti Ti and Tiny had nothing to say. They actually kind of like, I wouldn't say encouraged it, but it just went. Straight away, and like that's just a double standard. So if you not, see the double standard, so if you if you want like if, a fucking double standard, if you want to okay. if you want to understand what's wrong, point out the double standard and, and and find out the nature of the double standard. Yeah. Then that'll take you to the actual root problem. Yeah. So I throw myself in this, right? I make this personal. Growing up as a kid, where I'm from in the hood, if you were 14, this is around the same mm-hmm. shit in some ways. Mm-hmm. If you were 14 and you fucked a 28 year old woman. That was considered a good fucking thing. Right. Mm-hmm. It was considered a good, like your homeboys would be like, man, you're the fucking man. If it was the other way around, yeah, yeah. right? The girl was 14 and somebody was 22. She'd get kicked out of the house. Man, the whole neighborhood would beat you up. Right. Like I remember we, we did that as kids. And I never thought anything was wrong yeah. with that as long as I've lived. To me, it was like a, a, a power thing. Man, if, like even I watch the news sometimes, I have to tell myself, Jim, this is wrong. I'll see a news clip. A 14-year-old boy was caught sleeping with his 20-something-year-old teacher. And I'm like, at first, my instinct is, what's the problem? Like, where I'm from, that's like, man, he mm. would be the man. Then I have to backtrack and be like, oh, fuck, this is actually wrong. Yeah, right? So I can use myself in that example to, to see perhaps where some of that come from. And I'm sure T.I. come from sort of like that same world. Don't make it right. Yeah, this I, is, I'm this not is, saying it's right, but some I'm just people saying don't you know, evolve. There's an explanation yeah, yeah, yeah. for a lot you, of you shit. You see how you just evolved within those minutes? You I'm see always how you just came. You, how you just came straight to. You was ready like, to fight all of us no, at first. Not, <laughs> so, Courtney, before we I go, like you, uh, I, I got one other kind of hot topic oh, in the boy. news that I, I mainly feel on, but this this one was even actually more complicated for me, even though I mainly agree with the general premise. But it was uh, the transitioning of. The young, I believe it was a young boy in Texas. Did you follow this one in Dallas? Tell me more. So basically the case was there is the parents, uh, a father and the mother, and they're, they're, I guess they're getting separated. And there were twin boys. And apparently one since the age of six has identified as a girl. They've gone to multiple doctors. The doctors have said that he has some sort of 
I don't know the, the terminology, mm-hmm. but some sort of I, mm-hmm. you know, situation where he definitely does believe that he is a girl. I forget how I think it's still six, and the mother wants to start giving him hormone treatment to start transitioning. He's fourteen. He's six. Oh shit. Okay. He's six, and the father is fighting against it, and it's it's going to court. And I, th- I think what was interesting about this, so the father, is, of course, this has been a big topic on, on the right saying, see what they're doing. They're, they're doing all these different things. They're starting this early. They're also ma- making the case of this young boy potentially just would have become gay in, an, mm. in, in, you know, in, in other years. And actually, that was an interesting thing because I actually have heard of late, and I'm not an expert on this either, but there is like mini beef between like the gay and the trans community or at least some older school kind of gay men uh, in this. So I don't know. This one was a lot for me to unpack. And it sounds like you're not up to date on it. So I don't want to put you out there. No, put me out there because there's a lot of topics within there. Yeah. The first one I would say first, I... I've never had any thoughts of like becoming a woman. I've never wanted to wear women's clothes. I've never wanted to do drag. So it's interesting how people get those two confused. They think that... I also don't know what it's like, how I have to say, I don't know what it's like to be a woman. I don't know what it's like to be anything other than myself. I don't know what it's like to feel like you are not in the right body or like to have those feelings. So it's really hard for me to pass judgment on it. I will say that probably like three or four years ago, there was a show on like TLC, one of those like networks, USA, some shit. And it was about this he was born a boy. He was transitioning to a girl, I think, in high school. And there were parts of the conversation. I've had this conversation with a friend of mine who um, we've had the same conversations. Six seems very young to make those decisions for yourself, I will say. However, I don't know what I would do. I ugh, Like, I think there needs to be some type of... Um, therapy for the for the reasons of maturity before they make such a decision um i don't know it's a hard topic i think it is kind of six years old is early but i don't know i mean can somebody chime in (laughs) save me Save me. It, it, it's a lot to this one made me, This one made me yeah. uncomfortable. It, I, it, I it main, makes me uncomfortable, I, too. I, I'm mainly with the mother and the kid. I think it was gender dysmorphia was what I think the, what it was. Um, but but then there was a part of me that... also has some sort of well, say I, I, so? The father technically has some say so, sure, because it's, it's six. Um, six and, years old is young. And six years old is very young. I mean, there's a part of me, it's like, like can they he, wait, like, maybe till eight or 10. But once again, this is something where I feel uncomfortable weighing in on. Um, but six was the, the, the fact that it was age six threw me off. I will say, well, there's, there's also another thing that you have to realize. Gender has nothing to do with sexuality. Well, and I think what, that people, wait, can think, you, wait, you can't just say that like that. Can you explain that? <laughs> Are you being serious? No, I'm serious. When you said gender has nothing to do with sexuality. Gender, you, okay. Can so you just break that down for, for me a little for, bit? Him to feel like he is a girl has nothing to do with who he wants to sleep with, oh, right? Because okay, I was putting myself mm. in that position. The reason I came I'm not to the that thought, in the, no, box no, no, no. As you the reason I got to that thought because I thought to myself, I literally just told y'all I was five or six, and I thought Andre Agassi was attractive, right? But it was not sexual. It was just something I was drawn to. Gotcha. Clearly, I did not even have the senses to like get to that point. But I just remember thinking, oh, he's attractive. I think I may have said it verbally. I think my sister heard me, and. 
I remember the reaction, which wasn't like a terrible reaction, but I remember it was like, oh. And I just think that we, like I, I was dating a guy um, last year who is from like Indiana. He's a pilot, white, like super, like whatever. And um, <laughs> I'm not even going to get into those details. We had this knockdown drag out. We were away. And we had this knockdown drag out about being trans and going to your point of like, gay people feel like they're separate from trans people. And it, it just baffles me that they can't see the parallels of how we didn't have rights to a certain, like years ago. Now they don't have rights. And it's just like, I, I just, I have to really practice a lot of empathy and just support them. So I do support the mother with listening to her child. I would be a little bit cautious. I feel like there does need to be some type of Eight, six, it just seems very young. Like, yep. I, and I would just, I, <clears throat> I'm trying to be very articulate not to say anything like they'll grow <laughs> out of or anything like that, but like, it's just young. Like, we think, yeah. I mean, we did shit, oh God, gender, it's just, I don't know. That, right, I question so, the whole premise of gender to begin with. So, I, I mean, we, you know, we talked about this in the past. Um, I would kind of liken it to, Race. We talked about this in the past um, pod mm -hmm. about how, you know, um, uh, racism invented race. I, I don't, I haven't read a lot of papers on this, but I, 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 I want to kind of draw the parallel to misogyny inventing gender. Like gendered roles, the whole fight against gendered roles is like gender is the creation of like a, a hierarchy, right? Women are clearly subordinated to men a, a, according to gender uh, roles and and and, and uh, structures, right? So I mean, what about I, the actual differences? Well, that's Whether more sex, right? You're talking about reproductive biology. Well, that's right, different. That's right. different than gender, right? So, you know, and a lot of people try to try, try to tie gender to that, um, but I think a lot of people try to justify gender roles for all types of reasons, for the purposes of subordination. So I think I always I'm curious about somebody that. Um, is transgender. I think we should get somebody on the pod. And, like, what is their notion of what the woman gender is? If, if, if in fact, uh, gender roles are fictive um, in order to justify um, inequality the way that black and white is in terms right, of race. Right, right. So it's like, I feel like I'm the other gender. What, like, what is your notion of what that gender is and, is and, and, and what do you tie that gender to? Why, why, is that, why does that gender hold any actual legitimacy? Because blackness and whiteness doesn't hold any legitimacy. It, it, it's literally just a result of, of power dynamics, right? Yep, yep. So I, 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 would, I, I wonder if gender is the same. Wouldn't that be the case for this conversation? With, uh, what do you mean? Like it's a, it's a, it's sort of like a, not the father, but the child of the power structure, right? Right, exactly. Like, yeah. So is gender the same? Is 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 gender not the child of misogyny and patriarchy? I don't know. I I'm, I mean, I'm taking a I, leap I'm here. I'm so ignorant in this. And even when you said like there's a difference between gender and sex. Yeah. Like. But you can see. No, I I like for example when I so when I think of gender. I also think of sex, right? When I think uh, of, oh, she's a woman. Yeah, so I'm every, thinking I mean, of, everybody. I had for the longest. You see longest. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to take the two away. I remember, um, Gigi Gorgeous this is a really no, well-known transgender woman, male to female. And she started dating another female, and it threw me for a loop. But that, those are completely separate. Her, what she, 
chooses to be or who she chooses to be is completely different or who you choose Sexual to sleep with. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Or who you're attracted to. Yeah. But Next one more question. This Final really question. The, this is really the last one, I promise. <laughs> the fuck out of here. No, seriously. Come on, Q&A. I'm just really a question. I always be real scared because your face light up and I'm like, he's about to say something crazy. This is one of those things I talk about with friends but really don't no jack about and don't have an answer for I have an opinion. <laughs> do you do you think that if like a guy's at a club and he meets an individual who he Oh, I had a topic you, you on know, that. Do that. they have the responsibility to disclose who they are? Right. Uh, Educate me on that. What do you think? I'm interested. Um no. Kind of going back to we were talking before we before we went on the air about Janet Mock and her visit to the Breakfast Club, um, you have no right to ask people what they have. Like, you have no right. You just don't. Just like you have no right to ask me who I'm sleeping with. Like, you, you, that's, no. <laughs> um, Why no? Because I'm not asking you if you got a dick. I know that was very rough. Like, I don't know why I went there. Like, I'm not. <laughs> because I'm not coming but, to the but table don't you know that asking they... Michael if he got a dick because it's assumed. Right. I have no right to ask him. Like, you, you I just have no right. And what you if can't he asked make you? someone because they are different. What if the guy asked the person then? What I, if they actually ask the question? Absolutely. That's right. No, absolutely. Oh, they can ask. Got gotcha. you. They can absolutely ask because but if the person choosing, don't have a right to answer no, necessarily. No, because you are approaching me and you're assuming whatever. Y'all figure it out later. Right. Now, I think it's in their best interest. The, I, it's in probably in their best interest for safety reasons safety to too. Yeah. bring it up. But I, I had a conversation about, I, I had a guest that was HIV positive and the topic was, do you have to disclose that when you meet someone? Wow. And he, I was thinking at first, like, yeah, you got to yeah, tell right. it. But then I realized you actually don't. Like, really? it, it is your responsibility to be safe. It is your responsibility to ask those questions. It is not the responsibility. I don't think that way. Because you're not asking someone that you wouldn't assume that same question. Does that make sense? Like, Is, is that because... In, in this kind of day and age, we're not talking about like 1991, like United States, but most people have the the drugs to keep it under control. Because I, I guess, let me, I'll, in a, in not HIV, but if I was sleeping with someone who had herpes and there was an outbreak and I didn't know and they didn't tell me, it's my fault because I didn't ask them and I wasn't safe. They didn't know? Uh, or they no, knew? No, no, I'm sorry. They knew. But then I didn't know. And I didn't my use a condom. Call, so it's my fault for not being to safe. use your fucking condom. Like... Yeah. It is. I know it yeah. sounds really like disrespectful and shady, but it's your responsibility. Like, is it on both? Well, yeah. I mean, look. Yeah, listen. Like, the remember. person who has surface, I'm not completely saying they ain't a foul ass person because they right. are foul. Okay, like, if they you. know, right, right, right. But you're and saying they it's, it's, you, your safety is on you. I mean, for sure, everyone should be safe. Is <laughs> I love how you said. Of course, everyone <laughs> should be. No, but it really is your responsibility. Yeah. I, I like you are not a victim. Because you may be going up to someone and you think that they were maybe born a woman and turns out that they're not. I, I don't. Isn't that like a deeper internal reflection? Because you're attracted to what you're attracted exactly. to. Exactly. That's the gag. That's the gag of it all. Like, because if you do approach someone and you think that, like, I don't know. 
it's a situation though. Like I'm not completely taking all the blame off the person, but because I, one of the ways I think of it is that it could be a safety issue for the oh yeah, I think it is a safety issue. I think it issue. might even be absolutely. helpful to say hey, absolutely. So we got to wrap up. Um, ah, this was one for this, the book. This I was know. good. Ed, really quickly, we're not going to talk about the topic, but you want to give everyone the thirty bird? seconds on what's happening tomorrow with Byron Allen. Oh man, I, so it's important for the people to know. It's a big case, right? Byron Allen is, he sued Comcast because um, Byron Allen is this black billionaire that owns this. Um, I didn't know he was a billionaire. He's, all, he's, he's a close to a billionaire. He's super rich. Close to a billionaire. He's wealthy. He's, he's yeah. wealthy. I don't he know got coined. He's going to be all right. <laughs> he's got, yeah. Like 800. Yeah. He's suing Comcast because they wouldn't carry his TV stations, which he owns his big media company. And um, he won in sort of the lower courts, but Comcast. Um, sort of rebutted and, and wanted to bring it up to the Supreme Court um, off of the, uh, 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 the notion that um, it is not a violation of the 1866 Civil Rights Act, um, Section 1982, which is to say that... Um, come on, <laughs> references. <laughs> come through. <laughs> Professor, which is to, with the sections and everything. <laughs> which is to say that black people uh, are um, uh, protected in order uh, and can enter into contracts just the same as white citizens. Um, free of discrimination. So there's a long history about that 18, you know, people, a lot of people didn't know the first Civil Rights Act was in 1866, uh, but they're doing the hearings in the Supreme Court tomorrow. Today's Tuesday, tomorrow's Wednesday. Um, and I think, I, I think at our, our next uh, podcast, I want to go into the, the history of the 1866 Civil Rights Act and why it's important. And this is not the first time the Supreme Court has heard on this, on, uh, uh, this Civil Rights Act has been uh, up in a, uh, for a debate on the Supreme Court before. And also, um, you know, we owe everything to the, to the 1866 Civil Rights Act and, and the uh, radical Republicans. But if later. Byron loses this case, it's, it's under, it could be, Parts of it could be taken away. It could this be is, taken away. This it is a big a, deal. A huge blow. This is a this is a big deal because um, obviously Byron is is a multimillionaire um, and Comcast is a multi billion dollar corporation. But this affects David everybody. David and Goliath, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's yeah, yeah. He's but he compared he, to who he's fighting, Comcast. Right, exactly. Is but this has implications if it goes left that um, folks on a much much smaller scale, like you know, uh, Jim, if you wanted to rent. An apartment yeah. in in Brooklyn, oh, um, right, right, you know, yeah. this has implications even there. Yeah, so, how, how so? Um, I mean, that was the same Trump under Trump when he refused to rent apartments to um, black and his pops. Yeah, and his father, yeah. and they lost under that same act when that that yeah. went to the court. They actually settled. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you get me. I, just, okay, just one, just one thing. All right. Uh, okay, so I this, know, cause you know, we Michael said we can't talk. <laughs> we're not supposed to add anything to this. Go ahead. Hey, we're 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 gonna save it till next week. There's a lot to go into. Right. This, will, this will be a All whole right. other thing. All right. Big shout out to Courtney for joining us. Thank Check out the Privy Podcast. Courtney, thank you. Uh, we'll for see you all next week. Keeping me in thank check. You. you better go with yourself. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. Peace. Bye, y'all.